0: Hello, folks welcome back we are recording today's podcast on the 15th of april yes the 15th of april doomsday so it seems but not for you my friends because you have arrived at the guilt-free podcast sorry the wrestling podcast wrestling podcast <laughs> that's wrstling it's all the grabs about the e but of course me and g we're not anti we are simply pro wrestling my name is liam this guy is gareth hey and we're joined today by sandra sandra how are you
1: Hello, it's lovely to be back on the guilt-free podcast. We're not talking about the company that's uh releasing a whole bunch of people because of budget cuts even though they just made a billion dollar deal with Peacock and fucked up my life. Um unbelievable so
0: nice.
1: <laughs> Not that what I'm salty about this? the Peacock deal, super am. Um but I feel like the people who got released today are probably a lot more salty about it. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that we get to talk about, I don't know, we can spin it. They're coming into your pastures now.
2: That's yes, it. We're, we're sitting here watching it all unfold with a certain amount of Schadenfreude. As we're we're kind of excited as certain individuals get released back into, you know, our waters.
0: Yes. And and whilst we don't like to see anybody lose their job, the possibilities are endless. As you, our friends, know all too well in this wrestling universe of ours. But hey, so we've got a big show today because it's been the collective weekend recently and absolutely tons of shows were produced all by game changer wrestling shows of all different shapes and sizes and of course our pal Ida surreal who you may have heard on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, was all over those shows as well so plenty to get into here so let's just start at the top um Sandra which shows did you manage to see and what were you into
1: I only got to see out of the collective. I only got to see big gay brunch. Unfortunately, I wanted to watch a bunch more. I was trying to keep up on Twitter as far as things that were happening, seeing little clips. I did see some of the gray sweatpants battle royal shenanigans on Twitter via gifts and videos, which just looked like so much fun. Uh, but just because I had to you know, watch all of the the WWE stuff for the week. <laughs> it's just, you know, you run out of time and energy and physical capacity to be awake, but Big Gate Brunch was so much fun. Um, it's always so much fun, right? Like it's just, it's awesome to see Effie do his effy thing. And I I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I think if you're going to get to watch one, that was probably one of the marquee ones to check out. Gareth, did you watch the show as well?
2: I did. Uh, I watched Big Gay Brunch. I watched Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit. Um, I've watched a little bit of a few other shows, just like Dribs and Drabs, and ninety percent of the way through Independent Wrestling TV's Family Reunion Show as well. Crumbs. Okay. Still ploughing through. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, into into next week i think just to mop up all the last little bits and bobs
0: yeah absolutely okay well let's start with big gay brunch then uh what stuck out on this show for you guys what were you into
1: i think for me the i mean the one of the big matches people were talking about was obviously ace perry versus effie the mm. soul on a pole match, uh, which was, I, I thought pretty fun. Uh, they had a, obviously like a big build coming into it with Effie having won Ace Perry soul before and Ace Perry really going for it. And I was surprised that Effie won a mm, little bit. Same. Like, yeah, Because I thought that he was going to, I thought that Ace Perry would win his soul back valiantly, Mm. but then the promo that Effie cut afterwards, I don't know what you thought about it, Gareth, but I thought it was really interesting where he was like, I don't want your soul. I just wanted you to fight for it. And he like threw it at him and he was like, hey, it's time to step the fuck up basically was the the indication. And that seemed very in in character and in line with what Effie has said before about wanting people to step up and wanting like queer talent specifically to be booked on more shows and to be more prominent and to make noise and to make waves so I thought that was that was a pretty big moment the main yeah. event was just bonkers um <laughs> absolutely bonkers um Gosh. so much blood so many like oh, to AJ Gray and Billy Dixon just they they killed it and they killed each other <laughs> pretty much um, where's
0: Billy Dixon come from because I don't think I'd heard of Billy Dixon prior to, you know, the sort of tail end of last year. And now, now I see Billy Dixon everywhere, uh, commentating on uh, Alley Cat's real hot girl shit and doing an absolutely fantastic job, I might add, and then main event in Big Gay Brunch. But how had I not heard of Billy Dixon prior to this? That's why I want to know.
1: Because I wasn't really familiar with Billy Dixon either before his match with Effie at um, at Fight Forever that mm-hmm. we talked about when they had their main event. Yeah, I know he's a promoter. I'm trying to figure out which company.
2: So he, he was runs. behind like the Cassandra Cup recently and Butch Vigor. Okay. I know he okay. does bits okay. with wrestling magic
0: as well. Actually,
2: yeah, he's somebody that's kind of burst into you know our world in a, in a strong way. Yeah, and I I really liked this as you know stylistically as a main event here just because it goes against like the kind of trope of what you maybe expect from, you know, Big Gay Brunch and LGBT wrestlers in general. You know, you're not expecting bloodletting and hardcore action.
1: Because you expect it to be the light, fluffy, comedy, fun stuff, right? Which I think is why queer talent tends to get booked as like the sideshow actor, Mm -hmm. as supporting characters. And I think having this be such an actual hardcore death match, I think it was important because it showed that you know like th- you you can do anything <laughs> like it it doesn't yeah. have to fit in the the big glittery box that we try to put it in and i love mm. the big glittery box the big glittery box is like 100% where i feel at home but it's it's good to show that the talent can branch out and that you don't have to like you don't have to limit yourselves no. just because it's a queer show it doesn't have to be all pride flags you know
0: yeah yeah they're wrestlers at the end of the day, it, so they yeah. can they can do what they want.
2: It felt a bit like a kind of watershed moment for you know the you know uh, LGBT wrestling, like you know we can do every kind of wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm. When we're not 100%. yeah, like
2: you say, we're not just a sideshow. Because
1: it feels it like Big A Brunch itself is evolving. With yeah, it. Absolutely. you know what I mean. Like as a show and as a concept, because it feels like it's becoming you know a sub promotion of its own Mm. obviously they had big Mm. gay brunch the first one and then big gay block at fight forever felt like a moment like it felt like an event unto itself it was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of fight forever so it's like i'm very much looking forward to what i assume will be big gay brunch in dallas i 100 plan to go you know we're we're gonna be there yeah we're gonna be there together it's gonna be awesome it's one of the things i'm looking forward to most next year
2: so i could definitely see big gay brunch but you know like you say it's almost like a sub promotion to itself. Like I could see, you know, not being a fan of almost anything else necessarily that GCW might have presented as part of the collective, but you'd have fans that would potentially just tune in for this, right? Yeah, I think is is interesting, it'd be interesting to kind of see see how far it can go. You know, because you've you know you've seen you've got GCW have relaunched JCW as like a sub brand now, so you know. Who knows if if this doesn't become its own running sort of half a dozen or more shows every year or something. I think I think there's definitely room for it in the indie wrestling ecosystem.
1: And I think because there is such a variety of talent represented too, right? The show definitely had a mix of like new upcoming talent and then more established, like your Effie's and your Ace Perry's and your Billy mm-hmm. Dixon's, even though I'm not as familiar with him, but he's obviously been very prominent. AJ Gray too has been around for a while and has been all mm-hmm. over the place. So it's it was kind of cool to see like your Dylan McQueen's and your, you know, like all the people in the twink gauntlet and then the main event scene that did feel huge. Mm. I think it's, it's also interesting to me that Effie didn't put himself in the main event. And Mm. they mentioned on commentary, like he wanted that to be the main event. He, he didn't want it to just be about himself.
2: Yeah. It it kind of, I do feel like the soul on a pole match felt like almost like the passing of the big gay torch.
1: Yeah, it really did. And I like that. I like the, because Effie tends to get fired up right like he's one of those odd wrestlers and one of those odd characters for me where I'm always behind him because I love what he does and I think that he's so talented and so business-minded and so just like he has all the pieces put together we've talked about that before but when he gets in the ring he normally wrestles as a heel and I'm just like I want everyone to beat him like he's almost that mountain that people need to climb you Mm -hmm. know and like I just I want that like I want people to top him. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, and I think that's important, isn't it? You you need to have those characters in wrestling who are the people, you know, you have to beat to prove, almost prove your worth in kayfabe. And like, he's very much one of those people, you know, a victory over sort of Effie on, especially one of these shows seems like a big, big deal. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so the fact that obviously he's not, he's not sort of laying down metaphorically for everybody on these shows, you know, like he is a big deal. So it'd be really interesting to see sort of who, who can and does beat him on, on future shows? Yeah.
0: I'm a big fan of Ashton's star. Mm. I'd like to see more from Ashton starts Ashton Great. Star. Yeah. Yeah. I was very impressed um, with the stuff from Fight Forever. I haven't had a chance to watch Big Gay Brunch yet, but I imagine it was more of the same. Seems like a very talented individual indeed.
2: Yeah. He's somebody really, who's really great. on the app mm. for sure.
1: And I okay. really liked the Edith Surreal Devon Monroe match too. Um, I know, like, we talked to Edith when was like a couple weeks ago, whenever that was. Um, and I've been a big fan of Devon Monroe as well. Mm. Like I think in the past couple of years, he's really starting to make waves and make a name for himself. It seems like they both feel like talents who are kind of like on the cusp of something, mm-hmm. And, yep. like, if they can just get more repetitions in and start to work more places and get noticed a little bit more, I think they're both going to be, like, big, big stars in, like, a year or two. Absolutely,
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think the world opening up is going to help that as well. For you know, sure. Towards to Japan become a possibility. Y- you do see a few people popping down to Mexico now. I don't know how advisable that is necessarily, but that, you know, that things like that are absolutely crucial. And, you know, the amount of people that used to come over here to the UK and, you know, get a season in as well. So I think in a way, you know, a lot of these sort of younger independent talents have been hampered in terms of their mm-hmm. development, albeit not necessarily in terms of the amount of spotlight that's on them. So it's a slightly odd mix there in that they're getting more more eyeballs, but not necessarily the experience they might have got had things been open. Mm.
1: Well, because I think everyone's been, obviously, because the world is not open yet and whatnot, it's been hard for talents who can't work with more veteran performers. Mm. Um, and so I think that they've, you know, everyone's working really hard and really good. And you can tell that there's all of this untapped potential, but it seems like they just kind of need someone to guide it. Because when you see it, like a lot of the IWTV wrestlers as well, they they wrestle each other a lot and not a whole, like there just aren't as many people to come in who are like at that like peak level, I guess. And I think the world opening up will be helpful. Like you and I, you guys and I were talking enough air. We would love to see Edith Surreal go over to Japan. Like, yes, and yeah. how, how great that would be for her. You yeah. know,
2: Absolutely, we're starting the campaign for Edith to Ice Ribbon. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yappy if you're listening expect a dm from us shortly. Uh, yeah. yeah, 100% and I think that's one of the real challenges that the current independent scene faces, not just in the states but in the UK as well, but but certainly, you know, with regards to the GCW crowd, there's so many people that you can feel that they're they're just inches away mm-hmm. and you know, the fear is that they get sort of hoovered up and they get sort of performance centered and that's fine. <laughs> you know, there, there's certainly people on this, on these shows that I thought, do you know what? You would probably do well. You would be, you would do well to go into the WWE system for a while, get slightly polished up, get into the best shape of your life and, you know, become TV ready. And there was a bit of a contrast in a way between some of the wrestlers that have been on TV, you know, are going to the Alley Cat show the opening match on that was Alison Kay versus Jordan Grace. And it's, you know, it wasn't, it didn't shoot the lights out, but it was an utterly professional performance. You know, they they were just so they're, they're two people that have been around for a long time and put on bangers everywhere. And you just felt very safe in their hands. Whereas matches other points in the show, maybe less so a little bit more shaky and you, you really need to pair people like that with the less experienced performers get, Give them the chance to, you know, have the opportunity to wrestle with an Allison K or Jordan Grace and get pulled up in that in that regard.
1: Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to see that one, but I mean, that match sounds like, I mean, that would match would happen on TV. You know, like I could yeah. see that match happening in. The, you know, it's baffling to me that Alison K isn't signed anywhere. Maybe she just doesn't want to be. Maybe she's yeah. like, maybe she doesn't maybe she's want to happy. be
2: happy. Yeah, it, it really surprised me. So, yeah, that that opened real hot girl shit like that felt like it could have it that could be a, a main event on shows all around the us
0: i would have had it higher up yeah. personally i can understand why they did open with it but yeah it seemed like an odd choice to me um let, let's talk about this one for a bit then because gareth you watched this right mm-hmm. what were your takeaways from this show
2: um just like you know really wonkily booked mm. like starting with K and kane jordan grace Um, it felt like the kind of show didn't kind of build like you might expect from a a show and then I thought having it bookended with you know this this kind of two great stars in the in the opener that you know didn't feel like their best work like was a very it was a absolutely fine match but didn't sort of leave me kind of you know wanting more this was like this was fine but like I know they both have much more in them Mm -hmm. and then Headlining with the Grey Sweatpants Battle Royale, which, you know, didn't really do anything for me. But, you know, again, I'm probably not the target audience for that. Um, (laughs) but I just thought that would have been better served bit maybe being elsewhere on the card. I get, you know, you want to you want the kind of Faye Jackson spotlight, you want the JCG spotlight, but I think it would have been better served maybe being like halfway through the show.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. And actually there was a really, really good match before that, which I felt probably could have taken the main event spot yeah which was Alley Cat and Billy Starks yeah. and I hadn't seen much of Billy Starks going into this weekend I watched uh, two other matches yeah she was all really, over really the did.
2: weekend wasn't she
0: yeah absolutely and it was interesting as well Gareth I felt very much like some someone that watches a lot of Japanese wrestling because on commentary they were talking about you know she's 15 and it's a bit controversial I'm like, god well what, half the stardom roster's 15 like yeah. what are you talking <laughs> about here it's, um, but she's just excellent, you know. Yeah. And you think, good lord, how she's, good is she going to be? Isn't she? Yeah. How good is she going to be?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my word, Big time I really liked, you know, Ally Cat being like obviously the veteran here, just kind of getting a bit frustrated with her and like mm-hmm. showing showing like a, a kind of meaner side that you'd, you, yeah, know, I've not seen from kind of Ali really previously. I really liked it. I'd yeah. like to see more of that. Same. To
0: be honest with you, I thought she looked great in this one, and it's probably my favourite match on the show. It's either that or it's Willow Nightingale and Brooke Valentine.
2: I really love Willow.
1: Yeah, same. I love Willow too. She's She's great. a
2: performer that I think, you know, she is got bags of charisma. Like, she's so fun to watch. I really yeah. like her. Like, so easy to root for. You could just make her like a super baby face, you know, anywhere she goes. No problem.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to me that the bird and the bee haven't been picked up by somebody yet mm. as a tag team. That would make a lot of sense too
2: solo is she's so good isn't she
1: solo seems like someone she's another one that i'm just baffled that hasn't been signed Mm. and you know and she's talked about she's like no i I totally would go somewhere that would be great um to be able to have money and things to wrestle
0: solo is probably the most physically imposing wrestler i've ever seen live
1: yeah and she's like she's five foot tall but just she's still just like
0: <laughs> anything that I saw I didn't expect because you know she was so much shorter than I knew I, I thought she was and just jacked to the gills like crikey mm-hmm. you know it was it was just yeah she was incredible she wrestled Millie McKenzie I think it was at a pro wrestling oh, Eve that sounds gap. great oh yeah. it was yeah and she was just a killer in it as well
2: she's like muscle mass to like you know square inch ratio on a person probably the <laughs> highest I've ever seen
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah, one hundred percent. But this was a fun match, and within it, uh, it there was a swerve here where uh, Brooke Valentine, pretty early, pretty early on in the match, was doing a cartwheel to the corner and went down bad on her knee, and you know did the whole thing where you know she gets helped out by the officials, and and then she it's a swerve and she comes back and she beats her, beats her up.
2: With her. I bit big time on that. So
0: do I. And I think really the well reason why I was really into this as well was because I just watched night one of the Acid Cup or day one of the Acid Cup, as it were, and there were so many incidents on it where things went wrong. So I'm just thinking, oh no, not, not another again. one. Yeah. You know, I was sort of conditioned to think everything's going wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's part of the independent wrestling experience, oh, yeah. 100%. right? Like, just, Oh, the ring broke. Oh, that's someone it. didn't show up. Oh, Someone's whatever. Like-
0: <laughs> it was it. And you know, I think because of that, I just I totally fell for this. So when she turned on her and she was absolutely fine. I actually shouted in my little room while I watched stuff up here. I was like, no way!
2: The and little st- cartwheel she did after she did the turn oh, as well was <laughs> Jeff's Kiss, great. beautiful. Instant
0: fan. Never seen Brooke Valentine before. No. Top, top stuff. Yeah, really love
2: that. So yeah. Elsewhere here, I think Erica Lee is got boatloads of potential. Like she's, she's got something, She's she? someone yeah. that is going to be rocketing up the card in no time, I think. You know, just... Yeah more reps more experience you know she'll be she'll be top drawer
0: yep totally agree and actually we're also, we're also talking about ones for the future as well Lady Frost really stood out mm. to me love you know, Lady Frost yes, I've bit. seen
1: her a little bit um just on you know various IWTV shows that I've watched mm. and whatnot and she she's someone who definitely has a presence right away and you can see, like it. she's getting yeah. better and better
0: like she had that sort of TV quality you can tell she's been around you know Uh some big names for a little bit and I thought just her overall presentation the way she held herself when she came in presence is absolutely the word yeah she you know on a show which maybe didn't have so much of that star quality if you like there was some good stuff in ring but she really came out and owned it and just looked like a star right off the bat so yeah super impressed with her
2: yeah so I do think these two events more generally feel like a lot of um building for the future, like there's lots of future stars on on these on these shows, and it was a really good showcase for lots of people, without necessarily there being tons of great belt to belt action yeah for was sure. my takeaway here? Mm
1: -hmm. It does feel more like a showcase, right? Like, especially like in Big A Brunch, which I saw the, the twink hunter gauntlet thing where the end was just like smashing everybody and whatnot. It was, it really felt more about like the entrances and the presentation and the getting Mm -hmm. to cut a promo as a character and getting to see some of those people again, just to get their names and faces on screen or on the show um which is good like because i dylan mcqueen is someone who i didn't know before the first collective big gay brunch and like now i'm just a super fan because i think he's amazing like long live the gay i want to see more of him he <laughs> seems great you know and it, it it's the kind of thing where it makes you google the person and see mm, what they've done which is sure. you know like that's always good
0: that's that's the, you know if you're an independent wrestler an independent artist of any Genre. That's that's what you want, isn't it? For somebody to go home and look you up. Basically, Mm -hmm. that's the win. So, yeah. But you know, this
2: is kind of how I would characterize WrestleMania weekend out. Yeah, outside of WWE stuff, is the wrestling equivalent of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's the WrestleMania (laughs) Fringe Festival. You know, it is setting out your stall, getting as many eyeballs on you as possible, and you know, making new fans.
0: Okay. So to that end, then. Who do you think did enough to warrant a look from one of the bigger ones? Not that we're trying to usher anybody out of our wrestling universe, but well, you know you can talk about Japan as well. Um, but who on Big Gay Brunch, who on Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl shit did enough to warrant a second look, do you think?
1: AJ Gray comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with AJ Gray is that AJ Gray is AJ Gray. So I don't know if AJ <laughs> Gray would work in a yeah. big promotion. Can because. be Can he be constrained? Kind of like Effie too, right? Like Mm. Effie was just tweeting the other day. People were like, why isn't he signed? Why isn't he signed? He's like, I don't want that shit. Like, that's Mm. not what I'm about. I'm doing fine. You know, like he's, he's making his own way. So AJ Gray is someone that is, I think, supremely talented and really really great i think mm. he's just such a volatile personality that that's that's what makes him interesting to me but i mm-hmm. also just don't know if that would work in like a big company maybe AEW more than wwe mm. sure where you have yeah. a little bit more freedom
0: yeah he's sure. done a, i don't know if it's you know just his his twitter game or you know how he comes across on screen but you're right you know volatile is the word and reminds me of um when we used to watch Homicide back in the day, oh, I was terrified of Homicide, and we went to a, <laughs> <laughs> we went to a show. I think they had a lot of R.H. guys on the show, and Homicide was there, uh, you know, doing a, a meet and greet bit. And Gareth and I and another dude sort of rocked up and saw him. Just stood there on his own and looked around like, oh gosh should we, should we risk it and we actually asked one of the security people like is it okay is he going to be all right if we approach him you know, <laughs> and, you know he couldn't have been nice he was absolutely yeah. fine but and you know we were we were sold completely. it's great if it was, you can
2: as a wrestler if you can cultivate that kind of aura i think oh yeah yeah for sure but you're doing he's, something right
0: and he was the shortest guy on the card as well
1: <laughs> there's
2: not heaps of people that have that aura
0: no, no, 100%. And also, just a side note, Homicide's back in Ring of Honor in a second. Yeah. Well, so that's pretty cool. Oh, is he really? Um,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Reason to check in with ROH soon. But yeah, okay, so AJ Gray... You, I, of course you can make the argument for Effie of course and know, Cat of course well. top quality stuff yeah 100%
1: Alley Cat over the past year has gotten so much better like I Alley Cat's always been very um like she's always been good and she's always been really fun to see like she was a black label pro staple so I've seen mm-hmm. her live a bunch of times um, before I moved and so like but I think she was at that point like a year ago where there was just little things that she needed to put together. And I feel like over the past year, we've seen her put them together Mm, and she's really elevated her game, which is awesome to see. Like I, if, if she wants to be signed somewhere, I hope that she gets signed somewhere because she deserves it and has worked her ass off and is very, very good. Mm. And I think just like her personality and stuff does shine differently than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. Yep. Can't agree
2: more. I think it's you know it seems almost criminal that the end aren't like ruling a major tag team division somewhere. Oh
1: uh, Yeah. yeah what is going on
2: that with that, that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's yeah. one of my takeaways, and I think I think Trisha Dora brings a, a ton to the table as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: You know what? I really love J D Drake as well. Like that. I just want to go back JD and draw, draw a little line underneath that, that match and say his match against M V Young was was fantastic. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was probably probably my favorite like straight up and down wrestling match on that card
0: interesting okay and i suppose another name i'm gonna chuck in there is um holly dead as well yes oh yeah just super cool great or uh you know why not link her back up with um thunder rosa maybe again i'm not trying to get rid of anybody here we'll, we'll take all <laughs> that we can get but you know she's got something right you know just, she does. Deeply Absolutely. cool, very good in the ring, real presence again. And you could just imagine her with a big, sort of heavy production entrance, not the fiend esque, but along those lines, you mm-hmm. know, it could be very but cool. Something
1: very spooky would yeah. be very cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She's another one who I saw live and was a bit, you know, threatened by. <laughs> just very, yeah, good she, she does, definitely you know? has a
1: presence when she comes yeah. out when you see her live. Definitely. I saw her and Rosemary in a match oh, wow. uh, oh, for Shimmer, and it was, yeah, it was intense. <laughs>
0: dear me okay yeah so lots of people there on these two shows what do you think they could do to build on what they've got at the second because we you know we uh, got together for the fight forever shows and now the collective and i wouldn't say there's a heck of a jump in production or anything like that but i remember us talking about they could do something more in terms of differentiating between Mm. different shows you know maybe something with a border or just something of course there's budget limitations here but is there anything that kind of springs to mind that you think might just improve the overall viewing experience maybe for the people at home more so than the people watching live
2: i do think if you're gonna kind of keep making you know keep doing these kind of shows regularly i think if the ones that you're going to bring back year after year even just down to having their own apron for the on the ring so you know exactly what you're watching I think would be a nice little touch. Mm.
1: That would be a good kind of like visual thing for sure. Just to kind of, I don't know, indicate where you are in the show. And Mm. I think like we were talking about, I think with fight forever having some kind of overlay or border or different graphics, which I mean, they are capable of doing because they have graphics on the screen anyway. So, and that's not something that would take a lot of money or whatever, like, I mean, people on Effie knows how to do it for Twitch, you know, like he, he uses OBS and whatnot for his Twitch streams. And a lot of the wrestlers are doing that. So even something simple like that would, I think, add to the visual production of it. Um, I know they were kind of hampered on big gay brunch just by wind, which you can't help because that's nature happening. But Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I did notice watching big gay brunch, I think there were probably too many talking segments, on mm-hmm. the show like when they were doing was it like a raffle or something i think yeah. that went on for a long time and like maybe for a live crowd that's better but it just it kind of i was kind of getting ready yeah. to turn off or like you know
2: yeah they picked out like three fans to make as much noise as they could and one of them was doing it maskless and
1: yeah which wasn't ideal i mean they were outside at least which is good yeah. but yeah Still. so like little things like that i think it felt very much like an indie show yeah, in that sense. You know what it I is, mean? And I don't want to say yeah. that as a knock, but. No, I know what you mean. You know, like, I mean, I've been to indie shows where the production is a lot tighter, where it's like, match, match, mm. match, boom, 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 do what you're going to do. I feel like there was a lot of pausing mm. in this one.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree.
2: I almost think they'd be better off because they ran so many shows. Mm. I think. A less is more kind of approach where they're yeah. more they're more a little maybe a little bit more focused. You've got a, maybe a bit more time in between shows to you know do some kind of special setup for each show to do other bits and pieces just to kind of make it feel more focused. So so you are ready for each show. Where the production's going to be as slick as it possibly can be, you know, so you can make those adjustments in between. You're not running around like a headless chicken trying to be ready for the next next event that's got to start in 20 minutes because it's going to be on fight, you know, by giving mm-hmm. yourself an hour gap or something in between shows rather than uh, a very very kind of short window or maybe even t- you know two hours. I think that would benefit the shows. I guess it doesn't necessarily benefit the fans who are there in attendance because you may want a shorter break and then straight back into another show. But I know when I've been to... Uh, WrestleMania weekends and indie shows where they are just back to back. I would quite, I quite appreciated sometimes a little bit of a, a bit, a little bit of breathing room in between shows, even if they're all in the same venue and you're just knocking around. But just time to kind of go to the nearest bar and grab a drink or grab some, grab a proper meal or something in between shows as a live fan it makes mm. the world a difference to your enjoyment as well. I think
1: because I mean, if you're between shows and a lot of people are going to like one after the other anyway, you, there's always people to talk to. You can always find people in line because they're they're all there for the same reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like tightening up like because Big Gay Brunch, I think, ended up being about two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm, and gosh. I feel like with mm-hmm. all of the stopping and talking, and I know they wanted to have um, was that Poyo del Mar? Was that her name, the drag queen who I was so. hosting? Like I know they wanted to give her time and give her a spotlight, but I feel like that got a little bit repetitive for me yeah. too.
2: Yeah. Um and anything if you, for me.
1: No, and like if you would have cut some of that stuff, I think a like a two-hour show kind of like matches like right in a row a little bit tightened up I think would have made it a little bit better viewing for mm. for me at home and even when I'm in live crowds and there's so much of a gap between matches it's just kind of like you can't do anything like you can't go and do anything between them mm. so you just kind of stand there and wait
2: but this is where it feels like yeah you know, granted I haven't watched as much but the the IWTV uh family reunion show that I watched which is basically bang on two hours is was did feel like that kind of slick you know well and but you know better produced and for you really? know every, every match felt you know quite you kind of knew what was going on and what was what so mm. I think that's something that they really did well you know I I can't say whether that's the same across every event but having that two hours match you know really you know good and fun matches back to back like that I think worked worked really well and I found it a much you know stronger show f- for, for that reason
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, whilst we're on that, then, when you talk us through that show, what were your highlights? Things that you'd recommend anybody go check out?
2: Well, you know, again, it's just that that one show that I've and I haven't even got right to the end yet. I've still got the main event of uh, Edith's real uh, challenging for challenging Lee Moriarty for the IWTV title. But I really liked there was a I forget the name of the chap he wrestled, but I had I've heard tons about him and I was excited him um, Daniel Maccabay?
1: Oh, he's great! Yeah, Yeah. he was really
2: great. Like, he's someone I want to see a lot more of. And I'm just struggling to place what his theme music is because it's a song I know. It really, it's been really frustrating me since I watched his match. I'm like, God damn it! Who's (laughs) I want to? I think it's Godspeed You Black Emperor, but I've and I was flicking through Spotify, listening to the beginning of all their songs, trying to be like, which one is it? And uh, Google where you can like make it or you know um, where you can make it listen to the song to tell you what it is. There's not enough of it, so I'm going to track that down. but I really enjoyed seeing him, and I really enjoyed the Camp Leapfrog match that opened that show. Yeah, every match like brought something different, and I'm sure the main event will be no different. And yeah, like it was just was it just felt a lot slicker in terms of the production. Was it
0: wrestled outside or was it? No, this inside? was an in-
2: inside show.
0: See, I wonder if that's got something to
2: do. with I it do as wonder well. if the heat played a factor into you know a lot of the. It
0: certainly did in the Asa Cup. It certainly did. Day one there were casualties. Oh um, no.
2: So yeah. t- tell us a little bit about that
0: um okay, so well, the reason I was so interested in the Acid Cup going in was you had Tankman, who's fantastic, and I love Pod had Edith really excited to see that one um but the the real draw for me, if I'm being completely transparent was the four luchadors that they had booked for the show, so they had uh they had Laredo Kid, they had dragon Bane, they had Aramis, and they had Aras, and I'd seen. Plenty of Laredo kid, he's top draw, no questions there. Seen a little bit of Dragon Bane, he was on uh, a Triple Mania opener, and I immediately thought there's a lot of quality there. And actually, he's done some bits for um, Pro Wrestling Noah, um, interestingly enough. Ares and Aramis are names that I've heard by following the the Lucha blog um, Twitter account, which if you're into or thinking about trying to get into Lucha Libre, you could do a lot worse than checking out that Twitter account that is incredibly helpful and responsive of any questions you might have. So I'd recommend that one. And crikey, he knows what he's talking about. Those two had an opening round match, Aras and Aramis, and it was just silk. I mean, the heat got them right at the end and you know they just looked absolutely out on their feet. But, you know, the first two-thirds of that match was just incredible. And it was interesting as well, because when you watch Lucha, and this is something one of the chaps on commentary said, when you watch Lucha Libre, you think high-flying, dives, and all that sort of stuff. But actually, it's a far more varied mm-hmm. style than that. You know, there's the bra- the brawling, there's that, I'm going to mispronounce this, that Javeo style that uh, Excalibur always talks about when Angelica wrestles in AEW. You know, sort of Free running meets catch wrestling. I'd sort of describe mm-hmm. it as that. And these guys opened with a ton of that, and it was just so cool, so fresh, different reversals, different transitions, and it was just it felt like you're watching something totally different. It's WCW cruiserweights all over again, and so that was a real highlight for me. I'd absolutely recommend checking that out. Um, other really good matches. I thought uh, AJ Gray and Nate Re- Nate Webb was a really good fun match. Two people that have been around for a while, and yeah, Nate Webb, <laughs> still coming out to Wheatus so after all this time. I love Nate way. Webb. <laughs> oh, he's just great, isn't he? Just, yeah, lots of fun. But one has to feel sorry for Lee Moriarty because, you know, this is clearly set to be a big weekend and was a big weekend for him. But he uh, wrestled his first round match against a late replacement in J.J. Garrett, who got about just over five minutes into the match and then the heat got him big time and he ended up puking in the ring and oh no you know, he had to stop it there and that's 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 a horrible thing to happen to him you know bloody awful it's also really bad for Lee Moriarty because in the second round when he wrestled AJ Gray AJ Gray got injured so <laughs> he was just his whole tournament was just struck with these terrible incidents. I really felt that's for the guys really
2: unfortunate
0: watching Lee Moriarty having not seen loads but heard a lot you can definitely see what the hype is about he's just he's very much near the top of this particular class of independent wrestlers I would say and dare I say looks very NXT to me you know in terms of the kind of guy that they go for I think he'd he'd do well there but
1: I think he's champion for a reason right because it seemed like you know whoever it was going to be to take it off of warhorse had better be someone pretty special sure. and he definitely is yeah,
2: yeah. didn't that speaking of warhorse that's not a name was he on any of the shows this weekend didn't didn't don't remember hearing anything about him
0: no he didn't spot warhorse yeah seems a bit strange
1: yeah i don't know if he wasn't wrestling because of I have no idea because he's been Mm -hmm. on he's still active on social media and everything yelling into cameras and doing his (laughs) thing Um, but I don't know if maybe maybe it was a COVID thing maybe he had another commitment who knows but yeah he is a name that I didn't see really like advertised for any of the shows Mm -hmm. which is strange it does feel weird and there was a lot of that like even some of the people who are on the IWTV shows I would have expected there to be more crossover with Mm -hmm. collective shows and there just wasn't. So I don't I don't really know what was going on there.
0: Somebody I noticed missing was Heather Monroe, somebody I think is very, mm-hmm. very good um, and has spoken often about kind of being stuck on the West Coast or what have you with regards to not being able to get on too many GCW shows. But was she on IWTV, Gareth? Or...
2: I, I I haven't sort of haven't seen enough mm-hmm. to, to say if she's on elsewhere, but she wasn't. She didn't pop up on the Uh, initial initial show yeah
0: it seems a weird one but yeah there's a few misses somebody i wanted to raise as well and you might have seen more of him than me sandra is cole radrick have you seen much i've seen a little bit
1: of cole radrick not a whole lot but a little bit and what i've seen i've liked a lot for sure
0: yeah i was super impressed he felt it feels very sort of naughty ring of honor gareth you know like Mm -hmm. i sort of he's got that kind of vibe to him and just really crisp with everything he does and I don't know what his his gimmick is, even if he has one. But as a wrestler, I was blown away. He was super impressive and you know did, did good things in the tournament as well. Nice. But yeah, I'd recommend having a check out, particularly if you like your lucha. Um, the aforementioned match of Ares and Aramis is very good. Dragon Bane wrestled KTB. Um, that was a very good match as well. And then the uh Ares and Dragon Bane both progressed to the next round, which is where they where the tournament stopped for them, but the, the weekend didn't stop for them because over on uh, Spring Break, which was arguably the main event of the whole thing, there's an absolutely banging, outrageous, crazy six-man tag team match, which is Aramis Dragonbane and Laredo Kid versus Arrows Black Taurus, one of my favourites, and Gringo Loco. It's, it's a quarter hour of insanity. You totally forget who's wrestling on whose team, but it's just delightful. And if you get a chance, I would wholeheartedly recommend you check that one out. Actually, Spring Break overall was a really fun show. Uh, Leo Rush was doing his Blackheart character again, which I think is really cool. I feel like he should do it more, you know, that mm. should be, particularly if he ends up in Japan, I feel like that should be his thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So that was really decent. Uh, he wrestled Jordan Oliver, he just had a huge weekend. Um, and that was a really fun match. And up top in the main event, crazy scenes, Nicky Gage against Ricky Page. And it's a big title change, wow. Gosh, I mean, it felt felt like the right thing kind of going yeah. into it. Like this felt like the result.
2: You know, because and- it, it felt like that was the obvious decision but obvious doesn't isn't doesn't always equal bad in wrestling like i think no. we've been trained for like oh you know if you can see it coming then obviously it's the wrong decision No, but sometimes the logical sometimes and right- you need
1: to see it coming and it needs to happen yeah surely rick flair Shawn michaels
0: the retirement match has got to be the best example of that you know there was no way that flair was winning that match but it was it was perfect it was you had that sort of sense of anticipation as a fan watching it. Like, oh God, you know, what's going to be the killer blow? Mm, mm. It felt sort of emotional from the get-go because yeah. you know that, you know, it's over.
1: For me, it's always Bailey beating Sasha in Brooklyn. Like, that's mm-hmm. the sure. one where I was just like, you know, it's my favorite match of all time. And
2: it's,
1: it, it's one of those where like the build was perfect or Daniel Bryan winning WrestleMania 30, you know, like yeah, the WWE comparisons. But yeah, this was absolutely that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I just want to shoot my shot so I can... Sasha Banks, you've done enough in WWE. Come on, <laughs> come on. It's been great. You've done, but what else is there left to do? You know. So same to you, Charlotte Flair. Come on, head over to Stardom, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Let's get over there. Do some. Let's do some different stuff. I'm
2: ready for a Charlotte Julia match.
0: Oh, come on! It's gonna. That would be amazing. Oh why even say that yeah no absolutely so crazy stuff in the aftermath of this match though when nick gage is confronted by john moxley <laughs> what <laughs> what is going on here you know so moxley was on the blood sport show which i haven't had a chance to check out um probably going to peep the main event because i hear um his match with josh barnett was very good oh, Indeed, certain yeah yeah um but yeah, are we seriously gonna get Nick Gage versus John Moxley? Is that the world we're living in? Looks, 2021?
2: looks like it.
1: Wow. Like words fail me at this point, which is not great <laughs> if you're podcasting as a medium. But like Nick Gage and John Moxley, are you serious?
0: <laughs> like- what is going what is going on here? What's, what's Tony Khan up to? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, there was there were those rumors that Nick Gage was supposed to be in uh, he was supposed to be a secret uh entrant in I forget which show it was one of the pay-per-views he was supposed to be at and then he got injured or something oh, I really
1: I yeah. didn't even hear about that yeah well I, Nick I Gage think... is getting a lot more I mean he's obviously been prominent in the independent scene he's been a name for a long mm. time but the um that A&E documentary series or no it's it's Dark Side of the Ring yeah. is doing the Nick Gage True. one not the A&E one but I mean he has an episode of Dark Side of the Ring that's focused on him so he's going to be getting mm. a lot more notoriety from that too and I'm really interested to see where he goes mm-hmm. The Cage yeah. is a very interesting human being. Oh yeah. What yeah, character?
0: Definitely. Yeah. Well, he's like modern day New Jack, but not completely insane.
1: But like no. won't actually murder you. Yeah. Won't actually <laughs> kill you. Yeah. For sure. He's weirdly was... wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: and like <laughs> vocally coming out on the side of trans rights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. DK said trans rights. And I love it. Like he's yeah
0: but in his own way yeah it was perfect
1: yeah it? he's an enigma he's just an enigma and I think he is one of those characters in wrestling where you're just drawn to him yeah like you're yeah. just kind of like I want to see what he's going to say and do next so,
2: you know you, you can't put him put him in a box you can't pin him down you don't know no. you know I, I think that's that's really intriguing and there's not enough of those kind of you know wild men there's like the cowboys of pro wrestling
1: yeah yeah
0: 100 percent it was um I was just looking up it was uh the show that Matt Seidel debuted on he was going to be Matt Seidel apparently oh
1: really yeah yeah Apparently. wow so. that so would have been safe. such a different like can you can you picture two two like more separate people than like Nick Gage and Matt Seidel
0: so, so Tony we couldn't we couldn't get Nick he's hurt himself but we got Matt Seidel <laughs> <laughs>
1: just what a oh, disparity there not not that either one of them is like better or worse oh, they're just no, so no.
0: different That's, I was doing good stuff over there so actually, yeah,
1: yeah he's great yeah, for sure.
0: so there you go that was um that was spring break that was a really fun show as well and certainly contrary to the acid cup shows that I watched or the alley cat show there was a packed crowd for this one and that was something that surprised me slightly because the crowd was somewhat sparse for those other shows and I think that probably hurt how they felt how they came across on
1: on fight tv
0: as well because they even production wise they have the commentary much louder than the crowd so you're already kind of wrestling with that a little bit and I I think that's something because you know when you go to an independent wrestling show that's generally the 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 standout thing isn't it the the crowd interaction how loud the crowds are relative to a Mm -hmm. a mainstream show so that's a bit of a miss, in my opinion if they could address that that'd be that would be useful i think
2: yeah so you know overall what what were both your sort of takeaways from this weekend like in conclusion
1: there's <laughs> just so much wrestling and so yes. much of it is good and it's it's great to be spoiled for choice i suppose it's kind of how i, I feel like i come away from every wrestlemania weekend that way um where there's just such a variety of stuff on display, even just within the collective, like talk about Spring Break versus Blood sport versus Big Gay Brunch versus mm. Real Hot Girl shit. They're all such different shows. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, so 100%. It, it makes me sad that I can't watch all of it. But at the same time, it's like, I love that there's that much of a variety out there.
2: Yeah. Something for everybody. And I really feel like
0: if you're WWE and you've got all those different people under contract, well, at least you had. Um, <laughs> you know, if you got all those people and you've got all these different TV slots and you're broadcasting all these different places, different countries, why wouldn't you seek to emulate something like this where you present different things for different people, truly different things to different people, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, hours and hours of content, which although you're sort of I'm not saying there's any issue with the quality, but they're they're pretty much singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, there's no real difference in nxt to smackdown or to you know 205 live or what have you you've got broadly the same kind of stuff whereas these weekends you know and what gcw are doing with the collective style shows they really are kind of trying to reach out to different people if you go to blood sport you know it's, it's entirely possible that you wouldn't necessarily want to go to big gay brunch and that's cool you know there's different types of wrestling for different people and they just offer that up and i'm amazed that you know big corporate with all that access all those means doesn't do the same thing that Mm. would make more sense to me you know
1: it seems like they could expand their vision for sure and like put on different types of stuff and i feel like sometimes they try like wwe trying to get into spooky stuff with the fiend but they can only Mm. they can only go halfway because that's not the world they live in you know what Mm. i mean like create a completely different world like have spooky wrestling world federation or something you know what i mean (laughs) like just put all the crazy shit on one show and yeah it does seem like they could diversify, but, you know, who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, you know, hats off to GCW for that because I, I really loved it. It's a real festival of wrestling and, you know, you get to see lots of different things for lots of different people. And if you get a chance to ingest it all, then you really do come away having, you know, witnessed a, a full palette of professional wrestling as opposed to any one overdose on a particular medium. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Little gripe, I'd love to see the production improve slightly. You know, mm-hmm. there was... There's a whole section on the acid cup where I don't know, something went wrong with a mic or something like that. And they were down for about 20 minutes. you got the guys on commentary doing the ring announcing. I mean, just little things like that. Mm. we just slicking the whole thing a bit. I want it to look and feel like independent wrestling. Cause I like independent wrestling, but just as the guy watching it on his TV, as opposed to sitting there live, there's just a couple of tweaks that would improve that ever so slightly. So that that's all they don't need to move heaven and earth. Just a couple of little no. things, but yeah, for me overall, good fun weekend excited to see where this batch of independent wrestlers goes as we hopefully continue to open up the world and more touring options are available i think they do benefit from that and you're going to get some cracking wrestling this time next year
1: i just i can't wait to finally be back in crowds (laughs) in a wrestlemania weekend It's, it's it's a little bittersweet watching it from home I suppose just because, you know, it's, it's been two years since getting to like be with everybody at WrestleMania weekend and stuff, Mm. which is crazy, but it'll be worth the wait. I'm really looking forward to Dallas.
0: (laughs) If you had your way, what would be the first show that you came back to? Like what would be your first wrestling show post all this and who would be in the main event? Oh,
1: probably that's a really good question either one of the black label ones since i haven't gotten to see them obviously in quite a while um, but if big gay brunch were the first one that i came back to and it had <laughs> some really killer main event with like yeah. effie building up a story online or something like or give me effie versus warhorse and have it actually end instead of them beating up the referee like it did at black label <laughs> like because I was all hyped for Effie versus Warhorse. And then like it ended up being to set up an angle for uh for Tampa that never happened because Ugh. COVID happened and it ruined everything. Okay, um probably big gay brunch. Cause I would nice. say kaiju big battle, but I feel like I wanna like I feel like I want to get back into like a, a more regular wrestling show yeah. and then like celebrate with kaiju at the end of the Absolutely. night. You know what I yeah.
0: mean? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. G Money, what are you talking about?
2: Probably be really down for a big gay brunch as well. But in terms of not maybe not the, necessarily the main of that main event of that, uh, I'd love to see Calvin Tankman have it you know at the at the top of a card uh, this time next year. Yep.
1: Solo um, Darling too. Like oh, if we man. could get Solo in a really prominent spot on one of those versus shows, Calvin I think that would be Tankman. awesome.
2: That's, okay, right. I've Solo got Darling
1: my- versus Calvin Tankman would be brilliant.
2: I've, <laughs> I've got, okay, I've got my I've got my main event I want for a, for a show. Fair. Calvin Tankman versus Samoa Joe.
1: Oh,
0: stop it! I was going to say that. Yes. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, Calvin. Tynan and that's possible
1: now. RJ. That is possible
2: now.
0: <laughs> Segway scenes. So uh, today, as we alluded to earlier, um, it, it is relevant to the podcast because we've we've had some new entrants to the wrestling universe, albeit unwittingly. Uh, a couple of people lost their jobs today, unfortunately. So let's just have a chat through this. As of recording time, Samirjo. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce are the iconics, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Callisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake have all been released at the second. I mean,
1: that's
2: Can that's you believe that the loft. only
1: forgotten son still under contract is Jackson
2: Riker? Something's very wrong there, isn't it?
1: The boys can see the look on my face. You can't yes. hear it in audio, but just disgust. I think they can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's remarkable isn't it and yeah that's not a name that's not not i'm saying i want anybody to get fired but yeah it's surprising given the upside for some of the people they've got here but yeah what what's your take gareth who are you sort of shocked by
2: um joe definitely you know i thought he'd basically be a lifer there now you know Mm. maybe move into kind of more of a player coach role you know and then maybe in training or even just he's great on commentary just having be you know see out his days as a, as a commentator would have been fine if, you know, if he's not got the desire to get back in the ring, but, you know, would love to see him, you know, really helping the sort of next generation on the indie scene now, you know, I still think he's probably got a ton to give. I would love to see him maybe have a little run in ring of honor again.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah.
2: It would just be very fitting, but you know, I would be, I would be shocked if he's still wrestling, if he doesn't end up over in AEW. mm
0: mm-hmm. And then you sign CM Punk and then you do Joe vs. Punk
1: again. <laughs> Well, did you see CM Punk tweeted at Samoa Joe and they were like did laughing he? about it? Yeah, they oh, were. Um, I just saw it and Samoa Joe responded like they never should have given me money. And CM Punk's like, yeah, they fucked up and paid us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love those two.
1: Yeah, they're great. Oh,
2: man. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think that with a little bit of rebuilding, I think Kalisto can do really, really big things still.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I think just the iconics were like a perfect fit for WWE. Like they were so insane, and just breaking them up was just the worst call that they've made in a long, long time. It was wild, I think. wasn't it? Um, the same
0: could be said of heavy machinery. Argument. Yeah. I'd say i give you a sleeper one. I think Bo Dallas is going to do good stuff, or at mm. least he could do good stuff. 'Cause you know, the early part of his NXT career was really good. He's
2: still um, really young as well. <laughs>
0: and he's really young as yeah. well. And I feel like in ring he can he can do bits. And yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he had a really decent run on the indies. And, you know, he's somebody that I could quite easily see over in Japan as well. Mm. You know, where he's got that heritage and whatnot. I could see him doing things in Japan. So
2: yeah. My one wish for all the newly released talents when as and when they do start cropping up elsewhere. I do think that it needs to be, we, we never need to see the, uh, oh, the shackles are off now. Let me show you what I can really do. Gimmick has been done to death. We never need to see that ever again.
1: I'm tired of it. And I think that's why some, some people who have gone from WWE to AEW haven't really thrived as much mm-hmm. as we would expect them to just because they, they do hammer that gimmick home so hard. Like, Oh, I was somewhere else and I was chained up and now I'm not. and, that's a character for sure, but when it just is the only character that you do when you come from there, I don't think it's great. It's um, it is played out. And that's why, you know, of course, the chat is like, oh, are, are all of them going to go to AEW? Or are they going to make a play for them? I'd say out of the list that I would like to see go there, Mickey James would be top of my yeah. list just because yeah. I feel like the AEW women's division needs that veteran presence and absolutely. she can still go. She's great.
2: Yeah, She's great absolutely. still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And if this that's... means
0: we get another country music album out of her then i'm all for it
2: here for it uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I tell you what matches now a possibility as well that i would i would love to see just for old time's sake samoa joe and chris hero
1: oh <gasps> that's true because
2: he, hero hasn't popped up i don't believe he's wrestled since his release
0: no
1: because he's tweeting Dude. and stuff he's still like making and his name his known
2: and that like he's not called it a day so oof, yes oh, please
1: man. and especially like the world is starting to open back up with vaccines and stuff so it seems like more things could be possible
0: dear me opportunities are endless okay well you know a sad day in some ways uh for those chaps but we welcome them to the wrestling universe sure they're all going to do big things in their own right uh sondra thanks so much for joining us once again Our yeah Jason it's be been regular. a blast <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll have to get you on for something that isn't gcw at some point as well just at to... some
1: point you need to send me those uh choco yes. pro matches and then Absolutely. i can come in as like a new never seen it before kind of we'll have to we'll orchestrate that behind the scenes next well, time I mean, there's so... a
2: big choco pro show where we're gonna get you in front of that and talk that with you i think yeah i'm
1: excited i'm, I'm avoiding it until yeah. then just so i can Please. come in with fresh eyes but I, it's something i'm really looking forward to seeing
0: Game on. Okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. Something else that's going to be a lot of fun is we have Mark Pickering, the one and half of the Pro Wrestling Noah English commentary team, joining us next week uh, for an interview. Really looking forward to chatting with Mark, finding out how about how he got involved with Pro Wrestling Noah, and also previewing the big card, which is going to be the following week. which we has got Keiji Muto against uh, Kitamura. Uh, Keiji Muto, Kitamura, that's going to be an absolutely huge match as well, so good stuff on Pro Wrestling Noah. Okay, folks, that is pretty much us done, so if you want any more bits in the meantime, check us out on the socials, we're at Wrestling Pod. that's Wrestling About The E. Sunder, I should have let you do some plugs, so... oh
1: sure (laughs) Um, i'm on twitter at Sandra ruth itr i'm on instagram at Sandra ruth Um, you can also follow queen street posse is the podcast that i do with jen louise every week on itrwrestling.com or wherever you get your podcasts queen street posse the abbreviation for street not the full word because twitter wouldn't let us do the whole thing Um, but it's the same on twitter and instagram for that and then of course follow at inside underscore the ropes for all of your wrestling goodness game on okay follow that plug right. so and inside so, the rules magazine.com, if you pre order issue eight, I have a column in there about how much I love independent shows over WrestleMania weekend. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's essentially like for this audience, I think mm-hmm. you'll appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no. Sondra's got a column, but I don't have a column this week. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. furious. Absolutely furious. First one in WH Smith as well. Are we allowed to say that? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that's all good stuff. Um, wrestlingpod.com, again, Wrestling About the E has all the links you could possibly need, links to Places to listen to us, links to our personal Twitters, links to the merch page and if you want to check that out that's shop.itrwrestling.com for your wrestling pod gets to rep your boys and that's pretty much it for us this week so thanks once again for joining us in the meantime stay happy, stay safe and enjoy the grabs.